Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Let's try this again. If you were here with us last week, man, what an outpouring of the Spirit, amen? Didn't get to get to the message, and that is okay. I never apologize for that. Go with me over to Nehemiah chapter 4. We will try this again. Nehemiah chapter 4. We love to stand for the reading of our of the word if you are visiting with us today. And so many people are coming and God's bringing people from all over the place. I'm meeting people from everywhere. It's good to have you with us. Welcome and again to River of Life. Thank you so much for joining us. This is getting through the temporary setting with the sound and everything. We're trying our best. Uh, but man, the way you guys are worshiping today, I believe it, I don't think it's a problem. I think you guys are breaking through. I mean, how many can worship God? You got to learn to worship God anywhere at any time. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And, um, and we go to these missions trips to Honduras and things. And you got to learn to overcome distractions and just get in there. And, um, and uh, amen. So, last, so the book of Nehemiah is the book where we find that people stood for the reading of the word. They do it in honor. And they stood all afternoon in chapter 6, I believe. It is out in the hot sun. They were so hungry for the word of God. And so that's one of the reasons why we stand for the reading of the word there in Nehemiah 4. But I want to take my time with this. We've been in a series called Arise and Build. Been in Arise and Go and then Arise and Build. And now for two weeks, we've been talking about Arise and Fight for Your Family. It's kind of turned into a, a message about the family. And then we're going to eventually get to Arise and Shine as God's called us to do ministry. And we'll focus more on the ministry side of this facility and the vision that God's given us and what we're going to do. So... We're going to try this again. And last week, as I said, I, we just began to pray, and the Holy Spirit just came in here. And how many were here last week? And how many got touched last week? Amen. By the presence of God. Amen. Let me just encourage you to build off of that. Let God continue to build off of that, build in your life. And um, Nehemiah chapter 4, we here in verse 13. I read out of the New King James uh, version. He says, therefore, our, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, their bows. And I looked and I arose and said to the nobles, I like that he saw and then he responded by rising up. God's looking for some people that will not just look at culture, look at society, look at the problems, but will look and then arise and do something about it. There comes a time in our families, in our lives, and in, in every in our marriages, there's one you either gonna look and see it just happen or you're gonna stand and do something about it. God's calling us to Nehemiah looked and then he arose. That's what this whole thing is about. Let's not just look at the culture and look at society and look at the news and look at the problems that's happening and say, well, that's, just, that's messed up. No, no. God's wanting the people to look and then arise. Look and arise. Jesus brought his disciples and he said, look to the harvest. Look. Look and see. Sometimes we don't want to even look. We, we want to just, you know, turn our head and turn our eyes to it and don't want to look. We want to, oh man, get over it. 
couple of weeks ago, I was coming out of a store, and there was somebody there, and he was asking for money, and, and I just kind of looked this other way, and the Holy Spirit just got my, into my heart. Man, don't, don't get in the habit of doing that. Look, sometimes if we don't look, we won't, we won't be challenged and do something about it. God says, no, I want you to look, because I've given you power to overcome. I've given you the answer. I've give, it's not in you. It's in me. So first thing, you got to look. And then arise, and that's what Nehemiah did. He looked, the enemy's coming in, attacking the families. So he, he arose and he said to the nobles and to the leaders and to those at River of Life standing in the gymnasium, do not be afraid of them. This is how you read your Bible. This, this isn't just for people in Nehemiah and ancient Israel. This is to you. He says, arise and don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of whatever it is that's a, coming against you and you, whatever situation you're dealing with. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. He is great and awesome. Look at that. And fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us, all of us, returned to the wall, everyone, to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Let me just use this to just say this right here and there. Those of you that may not be able to come out and help hang drywall and paint, and, 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 and if you're not anointed to paint, please don't touch a paintbrush in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> But, but you know what I'm saying? Not everyone is skilled. And here you had some were worked constructions, but there were some that weren't able to do that. Some of you are not able to, to physically be a part of the things that are happening here. So what they did is they held the spears and the, and the weapons and the, and the swords. And what they do, that's the spiritual side of things. And I, I hope you're doing that. If you're not able to be with us, you're at home praying with us and you're going to war for us. And, and, and you're saying, God, be with them and, and don't let flesh get in there and don't let discouragement get in with their workers and don't let them get fatigued and tired and don't let them get on each other's nerves because people are either on your heart or on your nerves and you can't love them if they're on your nerves I'm just trying to help somebody and I thank those of you that are praying for us there's people that pull up into the parking lot and park throughout the week here go back there and see what they're doing and you guys got your Bibles open and you're praying for us I love it and in that verse, he said, all the leaders were behind. I want you to know the leadership has your back. Has your back, Grandma. I don't expect Grandma Priscilla to come hang drywall. <laughs> but she's holding the weapons for us. She's holding the swords for us. Verse 17, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other one they held a weapon. Every one of the, everyone say everyone. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray your blessing upon our time for the next few minutes, Lord. Have your way. Continue to move and minister in our service, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. We praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated today. Hallelujah. Arise and fight for your family. I want to just take my time through this. 
as we go. Nehemiah in this chapter gives three commands about fighting for your family, and each one of them is so important. And I don't want to rush through them, so I'm going to take my time through this message today. We have cupcakes if you get hungry. Amen. (laughs) No, I'm I'm aware of our volunteers and things, but I'm going to take my time as I minister through this. But chapter 4, he begins with a fight scene. He's defending uh, against an enemy. And Nehemiah's goal here is to get the family to fight for one another and not fight with one another. I mean, the the enemy has a goal to get us to fight with one another. But God says, I want the family to fight for one another. I mean, there's a difference. Some of you are fighting for your family all the way to church, or you fought with your family all the way to church. Just look straight up this way. Amen. Nehemiah said, I want you to come together, and I want you to fight for your families. I I want you to be on the same team. That's his purpose. And so what he did is he began with putting the men in the position. And if you weren't here a couple of weeks ago, I spent an entire message uh, pointed to our men, and you can listen to it on our podcast, and it was so encouraging to see so many of our men come up to the altars and respond to that. And, 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 and I don't mean to make this just a men's series or a series on men, although I think it would be okay, even from the ladies. I was so overwhelmed and encouraged at the same time by so many of the ladies that said, you know what, I thank you for preaching about that to the men, because I love seeing the men get on fire for God. And so, you, you preach as long as you want, but I got something for the ladies too as well today, in Jesus' name, amen. But I don't mean to single out men, but it is the men in the scripture that God really, really addresses and, and calls out. It was Noah who moved by the fear of God and built an ark for the saving of his family. It was Noah that did that. This is, some people call this the ark. It looks like the ark, especially at night. If you come to our prayer service and this thing is lit up, it looks like Noah's ark from the, when you stand outside. It's pretty cool. Could it be that God has called us to arise and be the ark in this last season? To call families in and to get saved and to say, hey, give your life to Jesus. But it was Noah that did that. It was Joshua that stood up and said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It wasn't Jennifer. It was Joshua. So you see that throughout all the scripture, but let me just add that women are just as important, and and it's very important for moms and and for women to get on fire for God at the same time as well. Proverbs says that a wise woman builds her house, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And I have seen with my own eyes a man of God finally get into the place where he needs to be with God, and for whatever reason, the woman, the wife, gets offended or whatever, and she pulls out the whole, I have seen that with my own eyes, that a foolish woman can do that. So we're both called to do our part, but how sweet it is when the husband and wife get on the same page. How sweet it is when mom and dad are sitting in church and they're both on the same page and they're both going after God. That's why the the enemy fights marriages so much and comes so uh, hard against that because one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. There's just power in numbers and, and God blesses that when it happens, but it takes both men and women. So Nehemiah, in this chapter, he gives three commands and I wanted to take my time through them. And the, the first one is arm yourselves. That's the very first thing that he does is he gets the men, he puts them into position and he says to them, I want you to arm yourselves. So what you see there, as I begin to study this out, is 
I wasn't going to use this illustration, but I said, yeah, might as well. I love having mental pictures and helping you visualize this, but these things, uh, are, this is so important. Please hear what I'm saying. These are just some tools I got up here and a sword. Hallelujah. We're going to take up an offering right now. And <laughs> so... But I want you to see what what is happening here, what I mean by arm yourselves. The people had, many of them already have their tools. These are are tools up here, and it's so easy to get tools these days at our church. Um, So this was not a problem at all. And some of you, it's no problem for you to have your tools. You're, you're very well equipped. The, the tools represent the, the natural and the physical abilities that you all have, that we have, to, to build a family. That's what these represent. The, these represent your skills, your, your, just your natural abilities that you have. Some of you have all kinds of resources. You're, you're financially blessed. You, you may have some money. You may have a, a vacation home, a summer home, a winter home, or a vacation spot. You've had a good upbringing. You've got education. You've got good parenting skills. You're, you're really a super mom. You're a super dad. You can, you're just there. You provide for your family. You work a hard job. You bring home the paycheck, and you're just a hard-working man, and we commend you for that, and that, that is awesome. You, you, you naturally, you're doing it. We need you men to do that. Amen. You, these, are, these are natural abilities. Some of you are into sports, and you have, ha, have just a knack for sports, and you're a sport family, and you're the guys that wear the, the tiger shirts, and you go to the games, and you see the whole family sitting together, and, you, and you're in fantasy football, and you're, your sports is your thing. You're a sports family, and, and, that, that, and it keeps the family together, and you guys uh, unite. Sports can do that, and it's, it, it's an amazing thing. These are your natural abilities, and they're good, and nothing is bad. Some of you are hunters or your outdoor families or camping families or whatever. That's what all of these represent, and they're, they're not bad in themselves. Some of you are, are awesome uh, moms. You can change two diapers, get the food on the table, pack a lunch in a single bound. I mean, you are, you are just an amazing mom. And, and we, you know, and you're just able to cook those meals, and, and it's all awesome, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to see what Nehemiah did when he, once he got the men into position. He said, okay, now it's time for you to arm yourself. And we're talking about fighting for your family. This represents the spiritual obligations that each of us have in order to build a family. I want you to see this to me today. Because in verse 16, it was one group had the tools and one group held the weapons. And for a long time, it's, it's been fine that way. And we thank God for those that are here that, are, like I said, that are doing that. And, and, and there are many that are like that. Some of you are here and you're like, you know what? I, I'm all about the work, Pastor Eddie. I, I work hard, and, 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 you know, and my wife, she's the spiritual one. I, I, I leave the prayers up to my wife. I leave the worship up to my wife. You know, I, I don't really get into that. I'm really not that spiritual. Or maybe it's the other way around, uh, however it is. But for a many, for, you could get away with that for a while. And for many times, there's just been that spiritual group or person in an entire family. Sometimes there's generations of family, but you've got that one Christian family. That's these guys. 
And for many times, whenever someone in the family has an issue uh, and these aren't working right, they run to this person, right? That's just how it is. That's just what's going on. But I want you to see what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah got them all together and, and he said, hey man, what you're doing is great. But in verse 17, I love it, especially in the King James Version, he said he commanded everyone to arm themselves. In other words, in order to fight for our families in 2019, 2020, in this season that we are in, it's no longer going to have to rely on one person in the entire family that's going to carry them spiritually. 10, 12 of you got it. What he's saying is he's saying, I want you to arm yourself. I want every single one of you. It says every one of them had to learn to pick up a weapon and had to learn to fight and, and, and be awakened to your spiritual responsibilities. Joel says it this way. He says, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. He says, wake up the mighty men and women. You can say and women. What is he saying? He's saying, wake wake them up to the spiritual realities that I've called them to. They're great. They're great workers, but he's saying, wake them up spiritually. Wake them up to the spiritual obligations that they have and that they are called to provide for. The word husband in the Latin means house band, actually. He's the one that protects the house. That's what husband means in the Latin. He's the guy that protects the home. And that's really, really good. But it goes further for men and women as well is to do our spiritual responsibilities, and that is to arm ourselves. Some of you are great parents and and you wonder, you know, you take them to sporting events or you take them uh, to all of these things and they get scholarships and they do all these things and I hear them and they say, Pastor Eddie, and then still I don't understand uh, what my kids are doing. They're, they're not even excited about God and they never got into drugs, they never got into alcohol, but why aren't they living for the Lord? How come they're not on fire for God? I want to ask you, have you armed yourself? Uh, what, are there, what are the spiritual uh, things that you are providing for your family? I, I just want to help us today to see because we've got to not just turn a blind eye to the culture and turn a blind eye to what's happening. God, he, God is saying, awake and, and wake up in these days and, and arm yourself. I was always, I was always a, a good worker. Personally, my mom and dad were very hard workers. I had uncles in my family, and I watched them work. Uh, I had a very good work ethic. When I was 14 years old, I had to go get a work permit because I was too young to work, so you had to get a work permit uh, to be that young to work. I mean, I, I wanted to work. Work was not a problem for me. My dad would work at Ford Motor Company, and man, come home and be so tired and just fall on the floor. Working on the assembly line is not as easy as it looks. I think that was so easy. Dad, I want to be like you. You just sit in that building all day and just and load up. My dad, my dad, boy, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's hard work. 
Dad would work like a dog and come home and lay on the ground. My, my uncle Jimmy would work two jobs. He'd work at a factory, and then he was a janitor at the laundromat. And I'd spend the night with him, so I had to go to the laundromat with him and watch him close up. And I watched this man work all day for his family, come home at night and mop floors. And, and so my grandpa was a farmer, a hard worker. He could take a one bale of hay with one hand and throw it up on the second story in the barn. Very big man. Uh, all of my uncles, I had, work ethic was all around me. That wasn't a problem. I knew that you had to get a job. No money, no honey. Come on, somebody. And before God gave Adam a wife, he gave him a job. And then, isn't that how that is? My dad says, if you want to get blessed, get a job. If you want to get double blessed, a double portion, get two jobs. Amen. Well, I want you to know, and some of you are killing it, and that's okay that we're providing, because that is an issue for some in these days. I, know, I realize that. Some of you are like, Pastor, if I can just get my son to put a two belt on, if I can just get my husband to put, I don't want to pray for him. I hope they do. But what I'm trying to make a point here today is that as, as much as we emphasize that and how, how important it is for that, I, I want you to know that what happens so much in our culture today is that we ignore the spiritual side and the spiritual obligations and spiritual rep- uh, responsibilities that God has called us to. I just kind of let my mom and dad do that. When I got myself in trouble, I'd call my mom and dad and, hey, man, can you get me out of this? You know, we're going through this. And they were that. And what happened is God actually used my daughters. This time of year is very, it's very emotional. It's very, very important to me. I, I became a Christian November 5th. Just in a couple of weeks, I will celebrate 22 years of walking with the Lord. Amen? This time of year... 22 years ago, it was, it was party time no matter what. I mean, we had, a, we had a party thing every day. Monday, well, it's Monday. We got to get drunk or got to get some. Tuesday was this. Wednesday, it's Wednesday. You know, it's, it's halfway through the week. You know, Thursday, it's Thirsty Thursday. You know, we got we to gotta go to the bar. And Friday, well, we worked all week. It's time to go. Saturday, well, we got to get turned up on Saturday. Come on now. Sunday's football. Can I hear some football people? Amen, amen. Now you're scared to say amen, ain't you? <laughs> I mean, every day I didn't have a, have a reason to, to, to get into that. And, and so this is how it was for many years of my life. So what I, a friend of mine called me and uh, he said, they're starting a church. And it was just right down the street in Allen Park. And they said, uh, you guys want to come to church? It was actually uh, the Deckers, our drummers, mom and dad started a church in Allen Park. And he called me. He goes, Eddie, you live in Melvindale, you know, uh, we got a church, can I come just get your kid, or can I, you guys want to come to church? And he's like, no, you know, I can't work on Sundays, I was lying. He said, um, do you mind if I just come and maybe get your, get your daughters then and have them come to church? And I was like, yeah, you could do that, come get my daughters. And they did, man, Dave would pull up every Sunday morning, beep the horn, and I'd send the girls out, have them all dressed up, and me and Melinda had a few hours, you know, and that, that's the way we did it. And, but God is so smart. I said, God is so smart. They would come home and my little daughters would begin to see uh, Melinda and I fighting and arguing. And I never forget, Felicia would start saying, with Jesus in the family, happy, happy home, happy, happy home, happy, happy home, with Jesus in the family. And I'd be over there looking over at her, and I'd get all mad, and she would say, with the devil in the family, fussy, fussy home, fussy, fussy home. And I'm sitting there right in the middle of a fight with Melinda. Shut up! And Felicia would say, Daddy, how come you guys don't come to church with me? How come you guys don't come to church with me? 
And the Holy Spirit was saying, Eddie, arm yourself. Arm yourself, Eddie. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Mom and dad's got that covered. You go ahead and, and serve God, and, you know, m- mom and dad are just going to be here. My mom and dad is the spiritual ones, and, and God, is saying, God was saying, no, arm yourself. And it was just another a month later, November the 5th, 1997, that I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, took the sword, and said, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? Picked up the sword and began to fight for my family. What did I do? We armed ourselves. Melinda didn't even get saved. I was the first one saved. I got saved driving my truck on the other side of the town of Grand Rapids, gave my life to Jesus. I said, okay, God, if you can do anything with my life, then here it is. Gave him my life. I used to, used to take my truck, and my last stop was at a liquor store. The guy would give me free beer. I'd take my, my uh, couple 40 ounces to my—this is just how, where I was at 25 years old. I don't know why I'm sharing all of this, but I, I am. I'd go to my hotel room, order a pizza, and it was just that for that night. On the other side of town, I had an expense account. I had a—man, uh, I was able to use that credit card, buy any kind of expenses that I had. 25 years old, man, I was just—that's where I was, making good money. Had a three-day weekend. You know, everything was—that's how it was. But when I gave my life to Jesus, I said, okay, God, it's time for me to arm up. And I grabbed that sword, and I began to read in the Scriptures of what it meant to be armed. What, what does it mean to be a man of God? And I began to realize that it's not just coming to church, but it, it's to get that, get that uh, weapon and begin to learn the Word of God. I began to read Ephesians 5 and 6, where it says, Arm, the armor of God. Do you realize that that Scripture that is so popular today is in the context of the family? Do you realize that? Go back and read it. Ephesians chapter 5, he talks about husbands and wives, how we are to treat one another, how we are to love our wives, and wives are to respect the husbands. Isn't it amazing how that's our two love languages, our two ways of communicating is love and respect. It's right there in Ephesians 5. Then he begins to talk about children and, and how our relationship is to be with our children. Dads, don't provoke your children. Don't be so try, trying to provoke them, but love and shelter them and nurture them and bring them up. Then, then he goes right over to chapter 6 and say, Finally, brethren, finally, brethren, suit up and arm yourselves and put on the whole armor of God so that you are with able to stand the fiery trials that comes against your family. Suit up. Somebody say, suit up. Put on the helmet of salvation. That's that mind, that new mind in Christ. And put on the breastplate of righteousness. I learned that I thought I was righteous, but I wasn't righteous. I began to read in the scriptures, and it would say things like, woe to the man who blesses himself in his heart when he gets drunk, and he says that God will include the righteous with the drunkard. I would read scriptures like that, and it would pierce me right into the heart. Matthew 7, Jesus said, on that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, have I not cast out devils and done these great things in your name? And Jesus said, I will say to them plainly, depart from me, for I know you not. You don't have no armor on. I was reading these scriptures, and I began to let God go through my life, and I said, okay, God, I'm going to quit making excuses. Why? Because you can't make progress and excuses at the same time. Did you hear what I said? You can't make progress and excuses at the same time. I'm 25. I'm young. I had this happen. I had that happen. This was going on in my life. This was going on in my life. But God, God saying no more excuses. I want you to just look at the problem. You want your girls to be raised. You want your house to be a, a place of my blessing and my presence. Then I need you to rise up. 
I need you to rise up. Keep your work ethic. Don't quit your job. Hallelujah. But I want you to arm yourself with the weapons of the Lord. Arm yourselves in the Word of God. So what am I saying, church? I'm telling us, in order for us to fight for our family, we got to learn our Word. we got to get into our Word, and we got to let God's Word get into us. Deuteronomy 6, God told us how to do it, how to walk with our children along the ways. And he said this, he said, the commands, I want these commands to be in your heart. When these... When my word is in your heart, he said, then you will tell them about me. You will walk with them on the road, and you will be there. What's he saying? The greatest weapon that we can ever hold, and the greatest weapon we can ever have is not one that we hold with our hand, but it is held in our heart. So when God gets into our heart, and when God begins to get into my heart, man, and I begin to say, okay, God, have your way in my life, and begin to get rid of these things, and I begin to suit up, and I begin to wake up. We use that term a lot these days, woke. Are you woke? Are you woke? Ask the person next to you, are you woke? And it's sadly in our culture where you sometimes people use that word woke. I'm woke, and they, they say what they're awakened to, and it's all kinds of things but the truth. So it's like, no, go back to sleep because you're talking crazy. <laughs> and they make up things and all of this stuff. And, but no, to be awakened simply means to be aware of our spiritual responsibilities and to be called to undo what God's called us to do. Man, I'm so tempted to not go with this. This is so important. This next one here, verse 17, he says, with one hand they worked construction, and with the other they held a weapon. So the first command was arm yourself. Everybody say arm yourself. The second one, to me, what I believe he's saying with a weapon in one hand and a construction tool in the other hand was balance yourself. Balance yourself. I think one of the most detrimental things and damaging things we can do as believers is once we're awakened is don't learn how to balance ourselves between the spiritual and the emotional realities of our families. We don't learn, learn the, the harmony of balance and, and, and what it is to, to be not only the spiritual providers, but to also realize that there is an emotional side of our families and there is a, a natural side that we do have to uh, be responsible for as well. Not just the spiritual, but also the emotional. The, the other side, we, we either get one side with it or the other. In Jesus' baptism, you find that when he come out of the water and he was baptized, before he even started his ministry, God the Father, he looked at his son and he yelled out and he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Why did he do that? He was giving him his affirmation. He was saying, before you start your ministry, son, I want you to know that I'm your dad and I got your back. I want you to know that, that, that I got your back. You, you, you got the anointing. That's the spiritual side of it. But now as you begin to do ministry, I do want you to realize that you got to learn to do both. You, you got to learn. There's a time. Some, some of you, you, we're all about this, and our kids know everything about sports and know everything about the entertainers, and you're able to break down the stacks, but couldn't tell you one name of the disciple or a scripture in the Bible. And some of us, we, man, we could quote every scripture in the Bible, but we don't even have enough common sense to get out of the rain. I'm just saying. 
I'm saying there has to be a a perfect balance, man. We got to learn to say, hey, Nehemiah is saying, I I need you both to come here, and I need you to not quit building. And and notice he even said, I want your sword to stay in the sheet. There's a time you don't neglect your sword. He's not saying abandon your spiritual realities and forget about the things of God, everything that I've said up to this point. He's not saying forget about being awakened. No, realize that part of being woke is to carry your sword everywhere you go. But this isn't how you raise your kid. You don't walk around and just begin to quote scripture to them every time they do something wrong. I'm trying to help somebody today. Actually, the scripture is meant to come out and for you to sharpen your weapon with your children by reading scripture to them, teaching them to get into the word of God. You're sharpening the weapon, and the weapon's not meant to be used against your kids. It's supposed to be used for your kids. Please don't ever make your children write scripture for disciplinaries. I'm just, I don't mean to start a church fight, but listen, your, your kids, you want them to love the word of God. You want them to cherish the word of God. You want them to rely on the word of God and depend upon the word of God. It is a lamp on TV. I know in old school, we, I wrote Psalm 119. I hated it. I hated everybody in the Bible because of it. Because it was a disciplinarian, God said, that's not the way it is. I want you to learn to love my word. So you got to learn. We got to learn that balance. We got to learn that balance when it comes to being fighting for our family. One of the most spiritual things you can do is take your kids to a ball game. It's okay to do that. It's okay to cheer them on. It's okay to have that, have that side where you're saying, hey, man, I'm your biggest fan. You hear what I'm saying today? This is a part where we miss it. We were so unbalanced sometimes in the church world, and we come to church, and we think it's all, always spiritual. It is a spiritual world, but we are, we are natural people that we've got to make sure we are adhering to these as well. First John says this, I wish, beloved, above all else, that you prosper in all things, in health even as your soul prospers. He's saying, my goal for you is to not just prosper spiritually, but even as your soul prospers. We got to be balanced. If you, if, if, even in our spiritual walk with God, if we get too much word and no spirit, we'll dry up. We get all spirit and no word, you'll blow up. But if you get the word and spirit, you'll grow up. Yes. Yes. It's that simple. It's that simple. And some of us, oh, Pastor Eddie, I'm woke up, I'm woke up. So you run around and, and, and you're having visions and you're seeing Elijah and he's coming to you every morning and he's making you breakfast. Stop. <laughs> That's not what it means to be on fire for God. <laughs> be on fire for God as you resist temptation. You're not having an affair. You're not getting turned up every Saturday night. That is how a mature Christian walks in, in the integrity of his character. Are y'all coming back next week? That's what it means. But it also means to be able to sit down with somebody and put the tool belt on at work and not walk up to them and begin to prophesy in Jesus' name and throw anointing oil on them. Someone say, balance, I'm being funny, but this has really hurt the body of Christ more than anything. And some of us can't real, can't, don't know how to sit down and just be you. Go, go, there's a scripture in Thessalonians. I don't have time to get to it. I'll get to it next week. I, I, there's a lot more I want to say about this. Didn't know what kind of service this would be. I was waiting to see, okay, God, what do you want to do before I got into this? But this balance, he wants to hear this today. There is something we got to learn to do. Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the Pharisees weren't weren't able to impact their culture because they couldn't relate to culture. 
in the Christian church, we're living in some dark days. Yes. They're legalizing everything that God opposes. And just because it's legal don't mean it's ethical. So we as the church don't need to run around and hide. This big gymnasium isn't a big enough so we can hide in it. It's to use it for the glory of God and let our light shine. In order to do that, we're going to have to get dirty a little bit. We're going to have to go in, into there. And, and Jesus sat down and he, and he talked with sinners and he sat down with them. And he, was, he wasn't so spiritual. He went, to, he went all the way out of his way to this woman at the well. All the way out of his way. And I'm going to close with this. Maybe. I'm just not getting going, really. He went all the way out of his way and he met a woman at the well. You remember the story. What did Jesus have in common with this woman at the well? This woman's been through five marriages. Five. She was living with number six. Surely Jesus needed to bring the sword. Surely Jesus, if that would have been us, we would have been bringing that sword. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, hey, I got a need too. What do you mean Jesus has a need? What do you mean God? How can God relate to a Samaritan woman that's been married five times? What did he say? He said, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty too. What was he doing? He put the sword in the sheath. That's right. He didn't drop the sword. That's right. Did you hear me? He didn't drop the sword. He kept the sword. But he said, first, right now, I got the tool belt out. I got to get her to drop her sword. I got to get her to drop her, her weapons and her walls. And I got to let her know that, hey, man, what I got, what you've been searching for everywhere in the world, you're so thirsty for, you're looking here, you're looking there, you're going there. I got what you need. Before we can correct, you got to connect, right? Yeah. She says, you know what, I'm thirsty and you're thirsty. And then he began to say, if you only knew what I have. I'm trying to tell somebody that if you only knew how good it is to be sold out to God. I'm talking sold out to God, guys. Some of you come here every week. Are you sold out to God? You listen to this podcast every week. You listen to it at work. Are you putting the armor on? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This is how you're going to fight for your family. I grew up with a whole generation of church kids, and hardly any of them are serving God anymore. What's wrong? They're in church every week. I know they're in church every week. We're losing it because of these things right here that I'm talking about. And I'm going to get into it even more next week. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's so important. So these things. I love I'll wait that next week. <laughs> Getting used to one service, it's another adjustment. I say to myself, I got it all day. Hallelujah. I don't want one family to lose. I remember Jesus prayed in John 16. He said, God, I don't want to lose one of them. He said, I'm going, he, he knows I'm going to lose the son of perdition. I'm talking about Judas. He said, I'm, I know I'm going to lose him. But he said, Father, I don't want to lose any of them. And I hear God's heart saying that same thing. God, I don't want to lose any of them. I don't want anyone to lose their kids to the culture. I don't want any of them 
You want your kids in church and on fire for God? He wants them even more so. It starts with us arming ourselves. We've got to arm ourselves. Can't just come to church, put the sword on, leave it in your seat and go home. You got to keep that on. How come I'm not seeing this? How come everyone else is getting a breakthrough and I'm in church and I'm just, I'm not getting it? Because our heart's not opening all the way up. We're not surrendering that. God is saying, come on, man, let me in, let me in, let me in, let me in. For years, for two years, he was saying, Eddie, come on, let me in your family. Let me in your family. Let me in there. So he came through. He snuck through my two little girls. With Jesus in the family, happy, happy home. Had no idea the Holy Spirit was going. Listen to that. Out of the mouth of babes. Come on, Eddie. When are you going to suit up? Come on, Eddie. When are you going to get in the game? I said, okay, God. I'm going to suit up. First weapon I picked up was that sword. Went home. Got in my basement. Got rid of everything that offends God. Come on, hear me today. Everything that offends God. I'm not going to play these games. I'm not going to have a little stash up in, the, up in the heat duck in case this don't work. No, no, no. I'm not going to do my thing on Friday night. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to sell out the whole route. And that's what God was waiting on. When I did that, man, he said, there you go. Then that fire was lit. 22 years later, I'm a pastor because God has a sense of humor. <laughs> Let me tell you that. I had no ambitions to get here. knows what God's going to do in your life. He's just waiting for us to arm, arm ourselves. I'm going to speak more about that balance, man. That's so important. Come back next week. That's really what I want to get into. And then the final one in this chapter as well. Father, let's, we just are in your house today. Thank you for your presence being here. So rich, and so sweet today in worship. Father, I pray you take these words, Lord, that I spoke from your gospel, your man, Nehemiah, Lord, Holy Spirit, I just pray you speak to every heart here today, God, to cut away the deception of religion, that we just get ourselves so religious, and Father, Lord, that you would just help us to be armed with the real deal. Those of us, God, that are armed, Lord, help us to learn balance today, God, to walk in our integrity, Lord, to be able to be full in the Spirit, to be in the world, but not of the world, but to realize we are in the world, and to be used by you, God, we've got to be able to relate to this community in order to get into our, our families, God. Give us the wisdom, the anointing to do that, Lord. Not be an island, God, but to bring people into your presence, Lord. Let this church be that church, Lord, in these last days. Help us to do that, God, in Jesus' name. I just want to pray over every family here today. Father, with every family that's in this place today, just pray your blessing over them, God. Help them to grow more as one, to be united. Help us, Lord, draw us together as one. Lord, let your presence reside, Lord, and, and just live and dwell in these homes and in these houses, Father, just like it does here. Let your peace of God be there, Lord. Help us, Lord. Lead us not into temptation. Help these men and women to walk in integrity. Help them to overcome the lusts of the flesh. Help them, Lord, to walk in your strength and in your power and to be suited up, Lord, with the full armor of God. Help your men and your women, Lord. I pray a blessing over them, Lord. Help them in Jesus' name as Nehemiah did, Lord. 
I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing one last song. I'm going to ask our altar teams to come on up. As we do every service and we close out, give you an opportunity if you need prayer today. If you're going to go see a doctor this week or you need prayer in your family, in your health, any area at all in your life, I want you to come up. And one of these prayer teams are here. We're going to pray with you, pray for you. If you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to come out of your seat and pray up here with them. We'd love to pray with you and invite Jesus into your life. Rest of you, let's just worship one more time before we go home. Let this word settle down in your heart. But come on, if you need prayer, I want you to come out of your seat. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. 